Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. It's me again, Alex Williams-Smith by birth, but better known to many of you as Jonathan Royal, the British bad boy of hypnosis of MagicalGuru.com. And I'm very honoured to have a guest who I've known for a number of years. Um, he's very kindly had me on his radio show uh, a number of times, and we both have a mutual uh, we were both mutually friends with um, my original hypnosis mentor, Delavar, a.k.a. Gordon May, who sadly passed away a number of years ago. He is not a stage hypnotist. He is not a hypnotherapist, although he has done hypnotherapy. What he is world famous for in certain circles is as a spiritualist medium and a healer. Now, for the viewers at home, before I introduce this gentleman, uh, you know that I play devil's advocate on this show, and I know there will be people who do not believe in spiritualism and stuff. I know there will be viewers who think that it's either people deluding themselves uh, or that um, it's people purposely conning people. Uh, my personal view is that there are certainly con people in the industry for definite uh, there are also people who are probably deluding themselves who haven't actually got any ability as well however i still entertain the possibility that there is something more because the simple fact is there are things that i've encountered personally that i cannot personally 100 million percent categorically to a satisfactory level explain away without leaving some element of doubt of perhaps there is actually something more and i'm going to bring up my personal experience later and ask philip's views on it but uh, that's a clue to his first name the gentleman i'm about to introduce when you go onto youtube and type his name in you'll find him on television shows over the years over the decades if you go on Amazon and type his name in, you'll find he's the author of multiple books um, covering ghost histories of ghosts and hauntings in different towns in England, as well as, of course, his own autobiography, Guided by the Light, the autobiography of a born medium. Uh, the man himself is here broadcasting on Skype from Wolverhampton area. Mr. Philip Solomon, welcome to the show, sir. Welcome. I'm very glad to join you again, Alice. Always a pleasure to chat to you, mate. Thank you. Now, look, people who are watching don't know your background. Um, your autobiography is called Autobiography of a Born Medium, mm -hmm. which implies you knew from a very early age that you had these abilities. What what was your journey? You know, how did you become aware of all this? Well, it's different for a lot of people, as you will know, Alex. They, they sort of they come into perhaps mediumship or spiritualism when they lose someone and go along to the spiritualist church and they say they made him up there and other things, and they think, well, you know, I would like to see if I could develop in that work. But I was born to it, really, because my mother was a famous medium before me. And sadly enough, sadly enough, my father also became a very good medium, but later on in life, he was a, a he'd been a, a staff sergeant of the Paratroop Regiment and fought in Burma. A very tough little guy, but eventually he came round to being a very good medium as well. But as a child, I, 
you know, people sort of say, what's your first memory? My first memory, really, of, of being able to see spirits was to go into the, the front room in the house that we lived in and uh, chatting away to uh, a little lady who really seemed to be up in the corner towards the roof. And she says, can you see me? Because I'm just chatting, asking who she was. And I said, well, who are you? And she said, uh, I'm your grandmama. Now, that's not the way we talk in the black country. No. Uh, you, know, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I asked, I told my mum the experience. And she said, well, what did she look like? I said, well, she looked like a, you know, little old lady. And she said, no, did she say she was? I said, she said she was grandmama. And my mum sort of gasped, you know. And that was the one really that sort of, you know, and she didn't frighten me. To, to be honest, Alex, she, she didn't sort of say, oh, you've seen a spirit. You, you've been communicating with the dead and all that. She says, oh, well, sometimes, you know, our loved ones come to visit us. And, but that's all the explanation I've got, really. But that was my very first instance. And, uh, you know, I, I've never trained or anything. I've taught, I mean, as you know, I've taught other mediums and mm. took development circles. But I've never had no training apart from with my mother, you know, because my mother was a, a professional medium then. But you've got to remember in those days, Alex, it was a very different world in those days when I was a little boy. Perhaps every town had one or two mediums, um, and that was about it. But today, every street's got half a dozen mediums, you know. <laughs> you know, it's a very different world. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, people have often asked me if it was scary, you know. I, I don't know, not really, because it, it was sort of natural, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you say natural. Well, obviously, mm. it was in your house. Um do you think, you say you didn't have training, but as you do, because as you grow up, you observe what your mum oh, was yeah. doing, obviously. Yeah, to work in church and, and do all that. Also, you didn't have it drummed out of you. A lot of people, well, I say a lot of people, I've come across a lot of people who say, look, all of us, are born, it's natural, all of us are born kind of able to see spirit. And that's why kids have imaginary friends. Yeah. But then it gets drummed out of them by society. So that they lose that ability to see their imaginary friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that certainly happens to, to some people. But I mean, for years, and I, tend to, I suppose until I was eight, nine, ten, she never discouraged me and said it was rubbish. I was in my imagination, but she never encouraged me with it either. I mean, I had lots of experiences, and she had sort of, my mother had sort of, go out of a way to find a way to I think looking back I think to explain the experience with without sort of saying you know anything that would would scare me I mean if I'm honest with you Alex uh, I've seen some people's alleged life stories within mediumship and I think if my mother at six or seven had said you know that's that's your grandfather who'd been dead for 20 years uh, uh, shouting at the bottom of the bed I'll probably have uh, and they did my trousers and my PJs changing, you know. So. <laughs> no, you know, she was very down to earth and very sensible. My dad didn't believe at all. I mean, well, he says he didn't believe. I mean, he'd been in Birmingham. My dad is a professional soldier during the war and uh, some pretty bad battles. And he always used to say a lot of these lads, you know, I'm a regiment. 
you know, they 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 don't sort of generally have a, a church service every day in that regiment. You know, they got uh, they got the job done however it needed to be done. But he always used to say a lot of his dads, his lads, at the moment of passing out, were always used to either call out for their mother or say, "Help me, God," or something, something similar. And I think that was all the little seed in his mind that always made him think, "Well, that's a bit strange, you know." Yeah, it's... but answer to your question, I, I, I don't know because I've only ever knew being like that, you know. I mean, I think certainly, certainly kids do have a vivid imagination. So, uh, do you see, uh, which for viewers at home, Claire audience <laughs> to see, uh, Claire audience to hear, Claire sentience to think. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Which, which which one do you fall into, or is it a, all of them? All of them, right? But all, well, all at the same time, or is it different for different connections? Well, I think <coughs> I do apologise, mate. Don't worry, I ain't got uh, <coughs> I've got a bit of a sore throat, but I'm absolutely okay. I'm not going to send it down the the airways to you again. No, seriously, I, I shouldn't jest about that, really. I shouldn't. But well. I think if ever I saw a spirit, and it was a spirit, you know, I've got to say to you here and now, and I know you would understand what I would say, but maybe all your viewers might not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a ghost and a spirit are a totally different thing. So if I saw what I would know was a spirit, and it's hard to tell the difference sometimes, but I would always be able to talk to that spirit and, and communicate and... Uh, I don't know, you always seem to get a quite never had a bad smell really from the energy of spirit. It's always like almost seems to be like a, like a flowery smell, like a, a scenty smell, you know. But there are certain places that you go into that I think have paranormal activity. And sometimes you get no not the noisiest of smells and things like that. So it's a difficult question to answer really. And of course, I must emphasise, as I, I know you know, that a ghost and a spirit are a totally different thing, you know. Just explain for the viewers what the difference is. That it, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, how can I write that in very simple terms? Well, a spirit is simply the energy, as you talked about at the start, uh, of our loved ones that carry on and live a lawyer in a life in an higher existence. Whereas a ghost, an experience of a ghost, is usually the replay, in my view, I mean, sorry, in my view, a replay of something that happens, you know, a replay of where someone lived or something that happened that may be imprinted into the, uh, into the walls, into the buildings, into the area. And they see a situation repeat itself over and over again. But, you know, you see the ghost walk to the end of the, the, the castle, Ramparts, so you see someone walk to the end of the road over and over again. That's all it's it like is. Like a record playing continues again and again. I agree. To me, that's exactly what I, said. You, I couldn't put it better than myself uh, in any way. Just simply a replay, generally speaking. You mm -hmm. can have overlaps, but generally speaking, um, a replay that happens over and over again. But I suppose over the years, you know, you sort of say situations that might overlap because I've certainly gone to places where they've reported seeing a ghost and, and that's happened, but not 
in the situation maybe that I would have expected, but I've managed to have come forward uh, spirits, you know, at the same time. But the ghost is what you've said, in my view. There are a lot of people who have different views of that, but I would agree with you. It's almost a, like a, a tape-recorded thing that imprints in, into, the, into the, the solid things that are around us in this world. I mean, one of the stories that comes to mind there, I wrote in one of my books many, many years ago um, in a place called Bridge North, which, which you would know because I know you work in the theatre there. Yeah. But there used to be a situation every Christmas Eve at a cottage <coughs> not far outside of Bridge North where every Christmas Eve, as regular as clockwork, someone would walk past, knock the door, and people would look, they would watch for it to try and say nobody could ever say anything. Now, all that was was an energy force that knocked the door. So you couldn't say that or sense that. What was it then? So there is an overlap. Was it a spirit having a bit of fun with people? Or was it just a ghost repeating an action that something had created that had imprinted that on Christmas Eve? You can't. It's very difficult. That's why it's called paranormal rather than just the normal, isn't it, I suppose? Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, I'm... I mean, you know, Hans Olsen, the probably greatest parapsychologist of them all, was one of my greatest friends and certainly a mentor in later life. And even he had a job to, to tie it down fast because in simple terms, I don't think we can. No one has all the answers, you know. No. So, look, let me try. I'm going to chuck some controversial questions at you now, don't worry. There's only a couple of them. And by controversial, I mean... I know there'll be some viewers who end up seeing this at home who will have these thoughts running through the head. So hence so I'm no problem at all. So I entertain the possibility of there being something more. And the reason I do to briefly explain it, because I didn't believe at all. I totally didn't believe at all. I didn't even entertain the possibility. Um, until, oh crikey, till I was about 13. Because prior to that, I'd learned how to duplicate uh, and appear to do what apparent psychics, mediums, and the two very different things, but on the one hand, psychic mind reading and stuff, and mediums getting messages and all that. I'd learned to duplicate it through trickery. Mm-hmm. Um, sleight of hand and stuff for the psychic stuff and what they call cold reading um, combined with reading body language um, and, and just knowing about counselling and the fact that most human beings generally experience things in life roughly the same way Sure. and somebody who told me, and I have no reason to disbelieve it, based on the evidence I saw, they did indeed at one time work uh, on the road with Doris Stokes, took me under their wing when I was about 14 and a half, and taught me how to do uh, contact in the dead, show, as they put it, and said that they had taught me the techniques, that the routine that pretty much Doris used and then booked me into various venues and I ended up touring the Northwest Civic Halls at the age of like 14 and a half, 15, 16, 
You rascal, yeah. You rascal, yeah. Contacting the dead. <coughs> uh, Psychic News regularly wrote articles proclaiming me in the old name of Alex Leroy as the next Yuri Geller and Doris You visited the office, didn't you? Because I used to write for Psychic News. You visited the office once, didn't you? And, the, uh, there was an article that said I did. I don't recall ever visiting. I think my manager oh, at the time just wrote the article up and they printed it without <laughs> bizarrely. Um, but then he got me into Middleton Civic Hall in about 19... Ninety-one, I think it was, but just before eight, eight, five, ninety-nine, but before my sixteenth birthday, so I was still fifteen, so it was before August ninety-one. And Middleton Civic Hall at the time, where it was, sat about five hundred and eighty people, audience-wise, and he pretty much sold it out. And that was the biggest. Prior to then, had been little arts venues, two and a half, three and a half hundred seaters tops. And I walked out, and I'm doing the standard routine he taught me to do, uh, which was not that it was word perfect, identical every show. It wasn't. There was flexibility, but there was a certain structure he taught me. Uh, it's not going all very well. And then suddenly, and I'm doing the bit where I'm suddenly now supposed to pause after I've said something, and I'm supposed to be like having a conversation. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell them in a minute. I'll tell. Yeah, just. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, but I'm trying to tell them, okay? If you can just, you know, wait your turn. And I'm doing this as I've done night after night. And I turn, and in the wings, well, there was nothing there. This is the way, I, I don't know how to describe this. There was nothing there in the wings. But my head said, And I suddenly felt weird. My head said that I could see my granddad, who, who mm-hmm. was dead, not with us. He was in spirit, stood at the side of the stage. But yet, consciously, visually, I could see there was nothing there. But my head was saying, your granddad stood there. And then suddenly I turned to the audience and I just randomly went completely off script and started saying stuff pointing at people and saying stuff and everything they said was right. So I I had an incredibly, I justify it as an incredibly lucky run. But when I came off stage that night, I vowed not to do any more shows. Okay. I wish I've been a great friend for many years and many years, God willing, many years to come. There's problems we've got at the moment, but but you see, if you were to talk to me about that, Alex, you know, oh, you, you know, I know you're brilliant, brilliant um, magician and and all that stuff. I know you are, but I would have said to you, well, if, come on, Alex, if you've seen your grandfather, you've got a link there, somebody who's obviously working between the two worlds, and you've done it's this. Very I, consciously, you, I wasn't I saying know, anything. I, I know. My head was saying he stood there. I know. I believe you. But, you know, you'd been getting by, and I knew Doris Stokes very well, and Laurie Leary, our Leary, of course, was a manager. Strange enough, when Doris passed away, Laurie came and wanted me to become the new Doris Stokes, but a male version. But that's another story. But uh, 
we all know, I'm sure you know who Laurie worked for, two very yeah. famous twins. And uh, mm. my missus said, well, I, I don't really like the uh, the idea of you working because they were still running business, even though they were in a very different position. You know what I'm on about. It wasn't worked out. It's referring to the Cray twins, <laughs> very famous London British gangsters. Well, there you go. And my wife says, no, you can't do it. And Laurie says, well, always, I'll be honest, like yourself, though. Always remind a great friend to me and helped me loads of, loads of things in, in show business. He wasn't funny with me that I turned it down. And I was honest with him. I told him why. And uh, but the strange thing was, he said to me, "Well, you've always been a good friend. If uh, we're everything today is just business, that stuff's all gone. If you ever have any, if you ever have any trouble in London with anybody, just ring me up." And my missus was going, "There, I told you, I told you." <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. Was it a mistake? I'd probably be a very rich man today. I'd be a very poor man, wouldn't I? If I'd taken up those two, as you know. But never mind. That's neither gone. But you see, going back to your experiences, I would have said to you, Alex, I've, always, I've never said this to you, to be quite honest, but I've always thought that you did have a gift. But I would say to you that if you're making that link with your grandfather and he was working as an intermediary between the two worlds and the work that you were doing had suddenly gone from, I'm sure you'd be doing OK, but had gone to being everything bang on. And, and being incredibly accurate. I know you packed it in after, but didn't you think to yourself, well, gosh, you know, I can do this at a at a genuine at a genuine level, in a genuine way, because you'd had the experience to show you that you could. I thought and perhaps I'm, I'm throwing something back at you now, but I thought so, perhaps I was deluding myself. How could you delude yourself that what you passed on was accepted and accurate? It's got you thinking that, hasn't it? You must have thought of it before. I had a high hit rate, low anyway. Mm. Trickery. Yeah. You can only get so far with that, though, really. Yeah. Uh, how many, you say you were touring all around, but I mean, if you went not, back not to, yeah. to the same theatre three or four times and you pull the same tricks, wouldn't you get caught out? Well, the words weren't the same. It was a structure that he'd explained, and the structure was like, okay, you start off, and and you don't you don't point at anyone, but you're over that area of the room, say, and you and you start off with the, you don't have to acknowledge this. I know you'll probably be embarrassed, but the message I'm getting from spirit is that this happened, and you went into something that sounded scandalous, like somebody had robbed somebody or something where you went. It's okay, I know you... And Alex, so apparently talk, there's all these tricks. I know the guys that... Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot in there. But the things you've said, you don't remember I've been in this work for, oh, gosh, well over 45 years. Oh, no, I know, yeah. I know the, the sort of people that you're talking about. And in all honesty, I could walk in a theatre and I would know within 10 minutes. I, would, I wouldn't give that person away. That's not my business to stand up and say anything, you know. That person's working in one way and others are working another way. But I know the people who worked in the sort of ways that you are talking about. But I've never worked like that, I promise you. you I, I, no, I, I can believe you, but I, let me ask you this question. There are people who do. 
Well, yeah, now, let's push point. aside the ethical element of the making money, that argument the making money out of the breed, because I actually would also argue that if they do it, yes, they might be using trickery, but if they do it in a, which sounds an oxymoron, an ethical manner, mm-hmm. so therefore, yes, they might be using tricks, but if they do it in a manner whereby with counselling skills involved, it gives a sense of closure and psychological peace to the person who, who has that um, message apparently passed on it stops them worrying and they live their life more positively sure. and calm that I would argue that, that in that context is acceptable if it's uh-huh. done with that positive intent it wouldn't be acceptable to my brother I like how you put it and I think it's incredibly well put but what I will say as well, and I think you've you already know these things. I know you do. But there's a lot of people who get up there and do the work, and they don't honestly believe that they've got the gift. Mm. And sometimes it's embarrassing, really, to say them at work because there's still people out there who's who are accepting. You know, and anybody out there got a Tom, Dick or Harry. Yeah, I, I know what, you know, and, and and I've seen them work. But honestly, they do believe that. It's like I said, why is the, years ago was that, why was, yeah, you're a fair bit younger than me, of course, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. How come years ago there was only one medium, one psychic or whatever you want to call them in every village and two or three in cities and town? And now every street's got five. Herein lieth the answer. So some mm. of the things that you're saying. But I don't think, yeah, some of them are, you know, you know me, I've never been one to pass comments about other fellow who like I know, and I wouldn't expect you to on name page, just the general area of it. So without you mentioning names, I will mention a couple of names, but just in, you just speak generally. Okay. I know... Because I've done my research, I've read your books, I've seen things, and I have no reason to disbelieve you whatsoever. And I assure viewers that I sincerely trust the word of Philip. So, and that's important to the context of what I'm about to say. Okay. Or that you uh, would confirm to viewers that you, in the past years ago, worked closely with the late Derek Akora. Yeah. That you, from your experience when working with him, would confirm that in your experience, opinion and and encounters that he had a genuine ability. Well, I can only say we both worked on various programs that were sort of major big in that field at the same time. (coughs) Granada Breeze, (coughs) up in your area, Granada Television. And Birmingham Live down there. I must apologise for this cough. It's uh, it isn't anything to worry about. <coughs> but I must apologise to you viewers. Um, but I never saw anything of any cheating that he did in at all in the time that I worked with him. Um, he was always incredibly complimentary about me, you know. So it's very hard to pass comments about somebody who's really lovely about you, you know, but question, I, will I, was gonna... this, yeah. I will say this, in all the time that I worked with him, I never saw him cheating anyway, and he was very good, 
Oh, they're really. I can't. I mean, I know where you you'll take this because. No, where I was going to go is why is it that it seems that let's say that all the names I'm going to mention mm. had a genuine <laughs> ability when they started out. Why is it, does it seem that when they become more famous and the press mm. on, that your Doris Stokes, your Derek Acoras, your Colin Fry's, and so on, the list goes on and on, get caught undeniably cheating? There's no, I mean, with Derek the famous, you know, Creed Kaffer, Derek the Faker. And well, why, well, why did they fall into it? I'm going to stop you there for one second because mm. that's a question that I've often been asked and deferred not to answer. But, you know, I'll address something for that with you because I know that you will understand what I'm saying. Now, I've never been in a situation where anything like that's happened to me, as far as I can remember. But you will know from a psychological angle and the person who set up the sting should have known about what I'm saying. If you set up a, 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 a situation like that where that can be read and it goes into your mind and uh, you might even forget about it. But when you start to work, if you're doing that work, I'm not saying that this is the answer, I don't know. But it is a fact that if you read something or you say something, even though you have no intentions of retaining it for any particular reason, you could easily sort of bring that to your mind and that's a yeah. psychological fact now, things can be taken up which can also be an explanation for things uh, like past life regression sometimes people well, are remembering things they've yeah. took on without consciously being aware you're right another situation i think an old chestnut that a lot of mediums have been accused of as you know those of them have been daft enough to work up i've worked for all them paranormal organizations at different times in my career to be to be honest uh, in fact, we I nearly went to Mars to Audit and nearly took the two of us. And uh, I was just going out to America to do uh, to work with hands, to be tested by hands. Also, and everybody was saying, you are the greatest that. medium of our time. Oh, yeah. I wish you hadn't. But uh, can we come back to that? Because I just want yeah. to say that. But again, you will know better than most people you could talk to about whether it's psychological or if it's real hypnotism you know we might, i'm sure we'll talk about that if we have time but these people who get accused being at uh, on these paranormal investigations of picking something up and throwing it you know and and it's been filmed or stones rocks or things like that you know the examples i'm mm -hmm. talking yeah when you're in a trance state which mediums put themselves into a trance-like state very deep levels of mediumship of course that's probably different to what we're talking about but if they're working on that and they're overshadowed by their guides or those who want to work with them like your granddad maybe and he liked a bit of a joke he said right alex i'm gonna have a bit of fun here i'm gonna get you to throw a great big rock right into the middle of this and that guy over there with the camera is going to film you doing it and you will say to me well surely surely spirits wouldn't do things like that if your granddad liked a laugh and a joke or the person that you work with, there's every likelihood that I'm not defending them in any way, I promise you I'm not. But I can give answers to what yeah. caused that to happen. 
I don't know. I mean, Derek's funny enough. I was speaking to Gwen the other day. Derek's uh, missus. She's uh, missus. Uh, yeah, Gwen Derek Corey Johnson. And uh, I know what you're talking about. And I, I was amazed really that that I would have thought you would have had enough knowledge at that time to have put forward what I've just said to you. I didn't, did they? You know. So I don't know. You know. Yeah. How it could be. It just, I mean, all right, I'm going to, it seems that I'm only bringing up names of people who passed away. And for viewers at home, there's two reasons for that. One, because the more evidence of what I'm about to say is out there, because mm-hmm. uh, it's come to light since people passing. Uh, and secondly, it's harder for dead people to sue you. Um, <laughs> so if I sat here and said, psychic cold, Sally, if I said Psychic Sally is a fraud and she was caught with an earpiece, I could get sued if I was saying that. So obviously yeah. I am not. No. I suddenly, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just, no, actually, I'm getting a connection. I'm getting a connection. What's your name? Derek. Derek Akora. What's that? Derek's telling me Psychic Sally wears an earpiece and he's fake. Um, <laughs> got a problem with that? No, 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 I mean, the people, oh, but joking is that she, de- I mean, well, no, some people say that she had an earpiece. Obviously. I don't know. One of one of the few I don't know, I've been, she invited me once to one of her shows. We, uh, at the time, we were both writing for, uh, gosh, like yourself, and, uh, I so think it was Fight. Or Fight. Fight, I think it was. Fight or Fight and Fortune, I think it was. And she uh, invited to one of my uh, her shows, me and Kat. And um, it was interesting, and um, I would rather leave it at that, really. I don't know the lady, you know. I just found it interesting that she used to have a, a, a glorified massive goldfish ball and get people to write things down and put them in a goldfish ball, much like um, Alexander. Well, my camera's not movable, but more like Alexander, the man who knows, the Mr. reader. I'm not going to comment, mate, honestly. Oh. I'm just not going to comment. Uh, all right, no worries. That, that, that's cool. Uh, th- there's only one name left to mention then of dead, of de- no longer with us in spirit, but questions were read. And even Psychic News uh, ran the expose on this gentleman. Um, when he passed, most viewers would find him on YouTube under the name Colin Fry. Uh-huh. However, um, he used to go under the name, and I've just had a bloody mental block, but Colin Fry used to do a physical mediumship, um, the floating stuff and all that, and he did it under the name... Magnus. For viewers at home... Magnus. No. It was Magnus, wasn't it? No. Um, I remember that. No, Colin, since he was about 17, can't remember uh, a lot of the work that you're on about. It was for the, was it something to do with the Noah's Ark uh, organisation or something of that nature? That rings a bell. He was doing physical work. Somebody switched the light on, basically, and he was uh, <laughs> medium. Oh, he's, he, he's, he had a spirit guy called Magnus, yeah, but he... Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. But he, oh, I can't... Fa- right. He, he went under a different name anyway. And it's, oh, for flip's sake, Colin Fry exposed. It was in Psychic News. Before, he, he changed his name to Colin Fry because 
he'd been exposed as a physical medium and the oh, lights someone switched the lights on. I'm the same as you. I can't remember him being anything as, as Colin Froy. I remember a young lad. There were about three or four of them that were uh, working the uh, spiritualist uh, circuit when they were about 16, 17. Um, I can't remember him under any other name, but you, you might well be right. I don't know. Double exposure. I remember the incidents that you're talking about, but not being there and having access to view the uh, situation, I, I don't know, you know. Work with work with Derek, didn't you, quite a bit in more recent years? This is theory thrown out, and this is not this is a theory to defend it as not being purposeful. You mentioned yeah, trans mediums going to trance and that the, the spirit could make them do things funny. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are some I've read some theories put forward by mediums in books that they could take on the energy of a malevolent spirit who would then make them do something that would discredit the person. Yeah, it's possible, but not necessarily nasty or malevolent, as you put it, really. I mean, as I said to you, if you had, you know, you had a a friend or you had a grandparent who liked to have that laugh and a bit of a joke and would find it funny to put you in such a situation of... uh, throwing the lampshade into the middle of a circle, you know. Well, it might happen. But I think this is rare, you know. I mean, gosh, Hans Holzer wrote murdering him into Amity, murdering Amityville, which they turned into the, the blockbuster film, didn't they? And obviously mm-hmm. I've had all these discussions with Hans about all these, uh, you know, so-called monsters from the other side coming through. And it, it's it. a very rare thing. Colin Fry went out, started his career under the name Lincoln. No, that was later. He what? His name was Colin Fry. Well, was I think it? He used, yeah, I think he used oh. Lincoln. Uh, well, well, 1992, he was exposed by a Psychic News newspaper. If we could have found oh, it on Psychic News site, finally, yeah. no? Um, using the stage name of Lincoln when someone stage took the lights on during... Um, uh, I remember the incident. I have no knowledge of it, Alex. So it's impossible for me to comment. It just know. seems sad because I, I still entertain the possibility of there being something I more. Saw, uh, I remember going to, uh, again, I suppose if they were at the local theatres and, you know, I was a writer for Psychic News probably at that time. I didn't write that feature, let me out. But, uh, and Psychic will now, of course, mm. which is still rightful. But um, I remember the. Uh, the report. I can't quite re- re- remember who was the reporter who covered it, but I remember going to see him doing uh, one of his demonstrations of uh, of trans mediumship, uh, where he was taken over by this uh, spirit Magnus. Um, for me, I, I do trans mediumship, but I would never do trans mediumship in the theatre. The only way now, the only way I've ever done that, um, and. If Hans was still here, he would tell you the same. That's where you have about eight or nine people. can be sceptics or guys like yourself would know all the ins and outs of what could happen. And, you, uh, and you're seriously protected, you know, because uh, that's, that can get out of hand. And are you going to say, well, was it real? What's done in the theatre? I would question. I mean, I think, didn't Doris Stokes do some 
Transylvanian Chiefs Dem Houses. I think she did a little bit. I think yeah. Doris Collins did more. Doris Collins, yeah. I think you're right. But um, I would never do that in front of in, in front of a, a theatre audience. We may, I would never have more than about 10 or 12 people. And you need somebody who can, there who can look after you as well, because if you're doing it genuine, you can come out of it and be severely damaged. You would know about that with hypnotic states and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. But I'd always want somebody buying me if you got some idiot who was going to jump up and grab you or scream some something at you while you were... Vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't never have that, you know. But, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think one can comment on another one's work. You know, by reputation, I ain't going to change that now. For Far too well to change that. I never pass comments. Uh, I know. And uh, I respect you for that, as do everyone in the community. Um, One of the many reasons you're held in such high regard. So I'm going to bring you back to that point we mentioned before. Professor Hans Holzler declared you the greatest medium of our time. Oh, bless him. How did that come about? He just said it. He went into print and and said it. We'd been doing... uh, when I first went out there, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll tell you this, Alex, you know, and I'll be honest enough to speak plainly because I don't think there's any reason not to. But he'd tested a, a lot of mediums, Americans and European mediums. And people would say, oh, you've only got it there, you know, we'll destroy your career. You've got no chance of, the, mm-hmm. of him supporting you. But I went out there and did a reading for him and did some different, all different work over a few weeks. And um, we just, we remember Joe Franklin, the late, great Joe Franklin, the up with Joe Franklin, show in New York, which went uh, coast to coast on the W, I think it was WBO uh, radio, if I recall, in those days. And um, I did my work and all this, and Hans went public and says, the greatest medium of our time. I wish he never had. I wish he'd never have said that. Yeah, well, it's, you know, if if some if I turn around to you or not, you know how much I write you as as, as an hypnotist. I really do. But if you know, if I say, oh, you know, Jonathan or Alex, whatever you want to go, a greatest hypnotist of our time, the jealousy that you would receive in your field would be unbelievable. But it's fifty yeah. times it's fifty times worse. In, it shouldn't be, but it's 50 times work amongst the groups of people that I work with. And everybody, you know, you've got people say, well, I think I'm as good as you. I think that's yeah. mad because spiritualism, um, which is certainly in England and a lot of countries, not all countries, but in a lot of countries, spiritualism is officially recognised as a bona fide religion. It is today, yeah. Um, and any religion, whether you believe in other Hypnosis Week episodes, we've got into the whole point of does God exist? No, it doesn't. It's in your mind. It's controlling. For the context of this, forget all that, viewers. Religion, it's core. Let's forget the control thing. The way it's sold to the general public is it's about love, acceptance, forgiveness, and mm. all these positive things, and people involved in it, therefore, what the fuck? They, they shouldn't be jealous. They shouldn't be backstabbing. Can't answer that. I don't know. But I'm only telling you. Yeah. Uh, well, if someone's had it, 
gosh, I mean, how many books did he write? Elvis, personal friend of Elvis Presley, Sinatra, the man, the esteem of the man. Yeah, of course. On one hand, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, and you know, it was, but I'm, I'm just telling you honestly, you know, I, re, I wish he hadn't, because mm. you know, you know, they were all saying, well, you know, the decided to come out like I said it, you know. I'll never be stupid enough to say something like that about myself, but you know. Mm. I've given you the example. You know, it goes that you probably are, but you know, if I don't know, I don't know who's the greatest magician in the world. You know, who is he? A lot of that comes down to personal. Oh come on, I'm asking you to help me. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what's in America. Let's have an American then. I think probably one of the best exponents of magic of a you would know that nautically psychicy type uh-huh. nature i would say in the world today uh-huh. would be darren brown right so if darren brown next week says you know the greatest hypnotist in the world without the shadow of the dead jonathan royale you know maybe maybe your colleagues in your work are all lovely and friendly and kind and don't want no competition but <laughs> Am I ringing the bells or the bells ringing? Yes, sadly, that's an element of human nature, sadly, isn't it? Yeah, I wish he'd never said it, but bless him. And still keep in touch with his daughter. Of course, she's doing that. A lot of uh, his daughter's doing a lot of programs on American TV at the moment. Yeah, she's really nice. So time's starting to escape with us. So can we segue now into spiritual healing? Okay. Because I know that you've done, you've been involved with spiritual healing. Uh-huh. Some people watching this thinking that's nonsense. My <laughs> point of view with spiritual healing is that possibly there is a higher power and somehow mm-hmm. people could be a channel. I don't know. But at the very least, one thing that science does prove, because there's people who'd argue, well, science can prove that spiritual healing's bunker. Well, I'm sorry, that same science would also prove that any important seeming ritualistic process that an individual uh, attaches value to and belief to will trigger the placebo effect, which is not the negative thing people hold it up as. It's a positive thing. And that the healer, if they the same as a hypnotist, have a positive intent and a confidence that they're transmitting this belief to the, the patient, the client, whatever, um, that it will work that science backs up that that is likely to help them. So, and that's the same very science well, very that well some put, try to say, you know. It's very well put. I suppose, again, you would probably know, for the viewers, you know, we're good friends, you know. I'm sure Alex could have been far more challenging than than he has been if he would like to, but we're very good friends. And he could ask me, and he asked me some challenging things but uh, i mean generally speaking there are two or three bodies that have governed spiritualism over the last 50 years as you know and i've, I've got to be honest with you it's not something that i push and i don't think well i've ever said it to you which will prove it amongst other friends but i've always been a committed christian really and i yeah i'm a christian spiritualist and of course we have the new christian spiritualist society lynn guess this war there was the editor of uh, Psychic News, of course, 
uh, you will remember, Lynn. But uh, I'm a reverend minister in that group now. The trouble is, I'm a reverend minister with now church, but it doesn't matter, does it? But I would say to you that for a lot of years, I think the Christian people were not really, people with Christian views then, perhaps weren't that welcomed into the major spiritualist groups, you know. So, you know, yeah, I would like our work, and and it is that. Let me let me say here and now, Alex. There is a lot of love and care and great people, and people who really love each other. There is, but it's in every movement you get people who are within movements who are not particularly supportive of each other, yeah. or that. And it's the jealousy thing. We, your your acknowledgement in what you do, you've got to get people out there who'll deliberately give you a bad name who won't like you. And but for me, I'm you know, I always had the Christian belief. Gosh, I'm going to say something now that probably will offend Lynn, who's uh, very much part of our uh, the new religion, which is one of the fastest religions, growing fastest religions in the world, by the way, Christian spiritualism, which has always been there. I mean, there's been a Christian spiritualist body, but the other major bodies, you know, come from a different angle, but anyway. You know, uh, oh gosh, oh no, I'll say it. Oh, you know, you see, I think Jesus Christ was the greatest medium uh, that's ever lived. I think he was pretty darn good hypnotist as well at times, really. You know, gosh, I'm gonna gonna have a few. Let, well, we don't get letters today. I'm gonna have a few emails about saying that, aren't I? But well, you, you know, see, I have to agree with you on the hypnotist bit for definite, and I would say probably a magician as well. Probably, yeah. You know. Turning, you know, water into wine, for example. Mm -hmm. Magic is often tricks that magicians have used have often been discovered by magicians before science discovered them. Oh, great. Um, and then they segue over. And, you know, it all clay jars. Perhaps he had the knowledge and foresight that, you know, the group of people are already pissed, excuse the language, off the wine that had just run out and these old clay jars, if you put the water in and shook it around for a while and served it in a slightly dim room, that um, well, we saw the young on the taste of wine. He escapes me his name just at the moment, but the young fella who walked on the, on the Thames, you know. Dynamo. Oh, yes, Dynamo, lovely kid, lovely kid. Mark. But you and I know exactly how that, let's not say, but we know exactly how that was yeah. done now. But... Oh no, but coming back to Aileen specifically, you know, I think Aileen is within some individuals. And I think there are people who can heal with I could always do it. You could take me back to when I was a kid, you know. And I was now little angel, Alex, you know, I was proper little scrap of boxing and all I'd beat you up, mate, you know. But then I'd try and heal you and make you better after I'd done it. Now I'm exaggerating. But I could always have that energy in my hands right from when I was a kid. But of course you get a... There's all sorts of workshops today, isn't there? Trying you to be a medium in a... In a week, you know, would you like to... Would you like to be an hypnotist to train you in a week, you know? I must say, viewers, as well, um, I'm really interested in hypnosis and... Uh, where I trained many years ago with uh, with stars that Delavore, as you say, Gordon May. I was lucky enough to have about three months with him because I was fascinated by his all. But in my humble opinion, Dell was also a medium as well, wasn't it? Sorry, I was a medium. Was also a medium as well. Yeah, great believer, great believer. But 
in my view, this guy, whatever the bad things you might have read about Alex, I think he's the best hypnotist in the world, but there you go, mate. And his packages are just incredible. I, you know, some of the, the things that I've learned from some of the, the courses that you've been very kind enough to provide me with, I'll put it like that, because you, I know you sell those things, but they're excellent. They really are. But I think everybody has an ability, like you say. It's, gosh, it's like when the, the kid is running up and down the wall, isn't he? The little wall. There's no problem at all until mom says you're going to fall off that and break your leg. Five minutes later, they're off. But then she goes over and loves him up and she gives him an energy that immediately makes him feel better. That's healing. But then if you're talking about having a ability, I think it goes with the mediumship, you say. So that's a bit of a difficult one for me, really, because I would say most people, if they're genuine mediums, would probably be healers as well. Right. That's one to think about for you, isn't it? Yeah. Because well, I think... I know you've also in the past... Um... I'm not sure whether we call it sports psychology, motivation, no. oh, you performance. Know, you're not the guys I've worked with, and you know I can't. If you're talking about some of the famous boxers, I can't. Yeah, can't. You, well, you can't mention, I know you can't no. mention the sporting teams or the boxers. You can't mention them no. by name. No. I appreciate that. However, what you hopefully can talk about is the kind of work you did with them, because that crosses more towards the hypnosis side, doesn't it? Of course it, it does. Of course it does. Yeah. You're guilty of some of the things you taught me because <laughs> putting me on the spot there. The, the sports psychology, I think it runs alongside it. But with those guys, I would talk to them about believing in bringing energies towards them as well. And then I do a few sessions with you, and I, you know, yeah, nothing. You can stop him. You can beat him. And it's what <laughs> we get into your work, aren't we? But you better be good at it because if you're working with world champions and professional people and they don't find that they improve that mm. 90%, you very quickly lose the role you fulfil, wouldn't you? You know. But, yeah, I've got – I'm a great friend of Melly's, the ex-Wolves in England football. Right? You probably know Melly. There's a lot of these self-improvement classes that, you know, all the American guys yeah. as well. And it does work, you know, it does work. Well, I don't think it's the same as alien. I think it is a, a distinct part away from from what we've been talking about with natural healing and mediumship. Mm. Yeah, but for sure, I mean, I think I'd like to say that uh, I've helped good boxers and good footballers become uh, pretty, long, pretty darn better. Uh, mm. Drop the bell. Well, I know you talk about it, and for viewers, please, there will, be, there will be links below this video. Um, one of which will be directly to uh, Philip's author page on Amazon, because he's got numerous books out there. So if you if you want to learn more about the difference between spirits and ghosts, he's got books out there on those things. Uh, if you get his autobiography, Guided by the Light, the autobiography of a born medium, in there he does talk about spirits ghosts healing hypnosis is touched upon as is sports psychology and all those other, in more in you know in in more depth um and in particular for definitions because people get confused oh what's the difference between a psychic and a spiritualist and all this kind of stuff 
He's got a book called the A to Z of, um, the A to Z Spiritual Dictionary, which will teach you the differences of all the terms that you come across in. You're very kind, Alex, but not too. Don't get too many agents will probably. I'm retired, mate. I can see Kath over there. Like, I'm retired, Alex. You can still sell your books, Law. Passive income, Philip. Passive I suppose. Income. Alex, do do guys like you and I? Can we ever really? ever really retire until then. Well, I'm going to say until the big big man comes calling, but you know what I mean. You might have rested, slowed down a bit, but I mean, you still, until this coronavirus thing occurred, because we're recording this on 31st of March 2020, in case you're seeing this in years to come, um, (laughs) which has stopped all live performances and meetings for the time being. But until then, and I'm sure you will again, you you still do your monthly... um, Dinner with a medium. You've got to come to that. It's a bit of a... <coughs> what that is, Alice, it's a lovely guy. I mean, what it is there. Get a two-course a la carte meal. <coughs> oh, I do apologise for this <coughs> for this cough. And we've been trying to get this interview done for a while, haven't we? But I thought uh, we keep putting it off. The guy will think, uh, I don't want to do it. And I do, because I love you, mate. You're super lad. But it's a bit of a loss leader, that, really. It's um, You have a two-course meal a la carte meal with coffee. Then two hours with me for 20 quid. I mean, the guy don't really make nothing, and neither do I. But there's only 25, 30 people in there. But he keeps me going, mate. You can't never stop doing them. If you stop doing anything, Alex, you end up yeah. traumatised, you know? Yeah, I know you can't do it at the moment because, again, the coronavirus. But sure. hopefully you'll be back to doing it very soon. Uh, your regular radio show. You have a, a radio show in Wolverhampton. Been on several times, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you I'm... get a lot of big names on there, especially from the music industry. Yes. Ah, oh, you're not going to get me there. I know where you're going to go now. I'm not going to say how I got to know those people. You're on about Dina Martin and Frank's daughter. And well, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pull you on that because you do, to a degree, explain that in your autobiography. <laughs> don't you? So people I can do buy your autobiography. I do a little bit. But uh, well, you had yeah. short business links growing up, your family. Yeah, yeah. But I'm very lucky, really. As you say, I, I don't think anybody guests uh, guests on a radio show outside of the four or five top radio stations, national radio programmes. And, and if I'm honest, it's, a lot of it's through. Because, of course, my father was very well known in the rock and roll business as well, as you know. But uh, I suppose a lot of them are through, through my links as, as a medium, really. I mean, I've been lucky enough to, you know, interview Elvin people from Elvis's family, Elvis's main bodyguard, and Dina, Dean Martin's daughter, and people like this, Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah, I've been very lucky with the guest, Beatles, Rolling Stones, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll, I think they'll have to uh, carry me out of there to stop me doing my radio show. I've, all, I've always loved the work on the radio, to be honest, Alex, you know. I mean, both of us have done tons of TV work and you know, stage work and that. But uh, I think that will always be one of my great loves radio. You'd be a great, make a great radio presenter. You would, you've got the, uh, I nearly said the gift of the gab. But... The face for the radio, yeah. <laughs> no, mate, I wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say. You'd be good. You'd make a good radio presenter. Thank you. Um, so, look, we, 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 we're fast approaching that hour, so we try and keep it around the hour. Right. So I'll finish off with this question. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you what perspective you want to take this from, whether it's 
wearing your medium's heart, your healer's heart, your hypnotherapist heart, a combination of them all, whatever. If, if you could give to the viewers who majority will be hypnotherapists, yeah, there'll be some stage hypnotists, but majority are hypnotherapists or psychological mind healers under a different okay, name. Sure. So many different modalities now. What someone who's starting out who wants to do the best they can for their clients, whilst at the same time obviously trying to build a, a, as good a business as possible, what what comes to mind, what jumps into your head as the key piece of advice you'd give them? Well, you've got to be hard working. You've got to certainly work at getting your name now because however good you are, and uh, I mean, you don't want to, I don't want to go back to our um, hands, ours, but get people to recommend you, work, recognize you. And um, if you're going to be in a business where it's all that's linked to show business, you've got to work at getting your, either your voice or your face or what you do well known whether that's by being uh, um, um, a little uh, shocking in some of the things you might do oh, i didn't say you i didn't say that. <laughs> but where, or whether it's by you know getting yourself a writing for magazines newspapers or something within your subject area i think you've got to show a degree of authority in what you do and then you do have to work with the general public to some extent to show you're good at what you do and then you check it from there, mate. The rest is down to what the man above or woman on the fed now bother looking down. Um, has in that book of life for you. That's about it, mate. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Philip. It's been an absolute pleasure. As I said, people, look at the link below. Get yourself off to Amazon. And uh, w oh, good God, I'm having a mental block. Is it WRV Radio? WSO 101.8 FM. That's a... Keep an eye out because when this nonsense is over and Philip's back on air, you can listen online and he does get some amazingly high profile guests for a radio station that isn't like your Radio One. You know, he, 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 he's, and it's a cracking show. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Shay. So, see you next week on Hypnosis Week.